All right. Welcome back to the Sports Med Analytics Podcast. I am Deepak Chona. Thank you very much for joining. Now, this is Sunday night, September 10th, week one. All right. So we are just started into the NFL season, but there's already a slew of injuries. I know why you're here. So we'll just dive right into it. Starting with Aaron Jones of the Packers. Now, he played really well. He was running, had a big touchdown run, and then was grabbing his hamstring at the end of it. And then the fact that he stayed on the sideline, that together suggests to me that this was probably on the milder end of the spectrum, so probably a mild severity hamstring strain. We would lean towards him playing next week, but with about a 15% re-injury risk, and running back's already a bit of an injury-prone position, so we have some concerns here for season-long owners. And then a little worse news for Steelers' Deontay Johnson, at least by the video, this one looked more severe, probably on the moderate severity. He went down, was grabbing his hamstring, and didn't return, didn't get back up for a while. And the average on these is about two weeks. So I would lean, if I had to guess, towards him missing week two at this point and probably returning week three or four. And now, as you know, with Cooper Cup, the real concern with these is re-injury risk. And that for Deontay Johnson is probably going to be in the 15% range. But again, that's going to last about six weeks from now. And then just brutal luck, Ravens' J.K. Dobbins. Now, he tore his Achilles after obviously having the huge knee surgery the last year. So this probably means he's out for the season, very likely returning week one of next year. But the problem is, and as we saw with Cam Akers and James Robinson in recent years, this takes a pretty brutal blow for a running back. And that'll probably take about 20% of his performance for at least the first half of the next year, according to our data. Now, J.K. Dobbins is a a very elite athlete, better than really any Achilles that we've seen so far in the NFL. But with that being said, again, it, it does project to have a pretty significant performance hit. Then we have Steelers' Pat Fryermuth. Now, returning after this big injury to the chest area, big hit to the chest area, means that he didn't have a rib fracture. But then he left again. And that suggests that this sort of contusion or bruise was pretty significant. So in most cases, we would see him play week two. But this does cause about a two to three week performance hit. And it's relatively mild, 10 to 15%. But in the tight end market, it's already pretty fraught with injury and you're looking at that 10 to 15 percent as a pretty significant margin to determine between an upper half tight end and a a lower half of the league tight end so again Fryermuth, not great news but it it is likely a short-term injury that won't cause a huge absence for him and then we have the elite of the elite now travis kelsey so he projects on our data to have a two-thirds chance he plays week two But recent comments have reported that this is a, quote, very deep bone bruise. And that very deep part of it is important because the average timeline on these is two weeks. Kelsey will be at 12 days for week two. But the very deep part suggests this may be even worse than average. So there's a legit chance this extends to week three. Now, we don't anticipate it extending past week three, but in the other case that it does uh in either case it likely isn't won't cause a major performance hit and isn't generally associated with a major re-injury risk 
Now, on the other side of that, the good news is that the comments so far have been that he has started bearing weight. He's going to start running on Monday and seeing how that feels. If it doesn't swell, then he'll probably play week two. So we'd still lean towards that as the most likely outcome. But just keep in mind that if you have Travis Kelsey in a season-long format, it's not a short thing yet. Then we have Mark Andrews. Now, his progression, and he did uh, practice in a limited fashion pretty much all week. This progression suggests he'll likely return week two. Relatively low production impact usually seen from these quad strains, but there is about a 10 to 15% re-injury risk to watch out for. And next, Cooper Cup. Now, this quote-unquote nerve involvement likely sounds worse than it is. We would project Cooper Cup returning at week five when he's eligible off of the IR. And really, the data on these suggests that the mild hamstring restrains in the first the first hamstring strain he had was a mild one. And then the second one was reported as a day-to-day injury initially. And that sort of suggests like it's mild, but the fact that it was a restrain essentially upgrades it to a moderate severity the timelines on those conservative ones are still around the four to five weeks and that would put him returning around week three to four so we think that they're basically doing this out of an abundance of caution because the longer he waits the lower that re-injury risk goes and that's really the key he will have an elevated re-injury risk until about week eight but we do project a relatively low performance impact for cooper cup and again, return probably week five. Then Jacoby Myers looked pretty scary on the video, to be honest. He had a big helmet-to-helmet hit. He stayed down on the ground. Couldn't really say for sure if that was a true fencing posture, as we saw famously with Tua Tagovailoa last year. But this is a pretty high-risk mechanism for a concussion. If he is concussed, the odds slightly favor him sitting week two because return timelines on these concussions in the new protocols take just over a week on average, and then returning on week three. Next, Christian Watson. Now, he was jogging on Friday. He was certainly, he was ruled out Thursday or Friday this week, and jogging from a hamstring strain suggests that he's likely to return to limited practice early this week. We lean towards him being a game-time decision for week two. Next, Jerry Judy, a little more optimism here. The data suggests he will most likely return in week two. He is projected to have about a 10 to 15% performance hit. And then again, with these hamstring strains and muscle strains in general, the key is always going to be that re-injury risk. And for Judy, that projects to be about 20% for the next three weeks. Next, DJ Chark. Now, the progression suggests that he is likely to return week two, but similar to Jerry Judy with a moderate re-injury risk around 15%. He was also dealing with a hamstring strain, and his timeline is actually more consistent with Christian Watson's because he had a limited practice session he logged at the end of the week, but wasn't really able to do too much beyond that. And then Zach Moss. Now, he had broken his forearm. Now, He's currently six weeks past that time, and the average timelines would return him at week two. He probably could have played week one. He did log a series of limited practices, but it's probably safer to keep him out because he would have likely been at an increased risk of fumbling given a deficit in his forearm strength this soon after a fracture surgery. So again, Zach Moss likely returning week two. 
Next, Javante Williams. And now I'm really excited to share with all my young athlete patients that Javante Williams is an example of a guy who just put his nose to the grindstone, kept a positive attitude, and this is what can happen despite very big injuries. He already had a pretty good volume in week one today. 13 of his 22 team's carries were Javante Williams, and he also had four catches to go along with that. Now, over the next three weeks, running backs coming off of knee surgery, that data set projects to see increases for Javante in his workload. So I think this is probably the the baseline, and we are probably building on this until about week five when it projects to be a full load for him. And then we have an interesting one, Michael Thomas. Now, there were a lot of people out on Michael Thomas, rightfully so, at wide receiver 45, which is where he was going basically in at ADP. We were in on Michael Thomas, but again, it was a little bit of a lottery ticket because it's hard to know what to expect here. But he does look like he's still a productive receiver. He had three really good plays, about 40 yards. And the idea of Michael Thomas still being a productive, though not all pro receiver, is very much in line with what injury data would suggest from high ankle sprains and, and surgery, and then also this toe dislocation that he just had. He is, however, going to be a high injury risk given his injury history and especially the sort of focal nature of it limited to specific body parts. And then we have another one of his teammates, Kendra Miller. They listed him as questionable week one, even though he wasn't practicing all week. It's pretty odd for teams to do that. Usually you would see a questionable player be either ruled out Thursday or Friday if they weren't practicing at all in the week, or they would be logging at least one limited practice session. So in Kendra Miller's case, because he was designated questionable, we would lean towards a week two return, but this one is far from guaranteed and we're going to have to monitor his practice reports. He is another guy who's going to be at a bit of an increased re-injury risk. And part of that is because he had a knee injury in the off season. Then he had another one in the training camp sessions. And then now he is dealing with a hamstring. And so again, need to monitor this, but we'll see where it goes from here. And then last but not least, Steelers Cam Hayward, defensive captain, really important to their lineup. The average on these groin strains is about two weeks, but the way they were handling it in the comments really suggest a mild severity for Cam Hayward. We would lean towards him playing week two, pending, of course, his progress in practice. And that's all we got for now. If you need more updates, hit us up on Twitter at SportMDAnalysis or online at sportsmedanalytics.com where you can search for any update that we haven't that you haven't seen here. And if you need any more, just hit us up and we'll get them get them done. Catch you next time.